You're listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. I hope you guys are still reading Ephesians regularly. Um, Again, I encourage you to do it uh, in different translations. Read it through one time. I love the Passion. Read it through that. You can read it through an NIV, the New Living Translation. Uh, There's a hundred different translations. You can get a Bible app on your phone and get a bunch of them for free. And uh, I just encourage you to read through there. I normally want to read this whole passage. There's literally, uh, there's a couple of different ways that you can study Scripture Okay, and one way is to just to take and read. You understand that these, especially like from Galatians, Ephesians on, those are letters that are written to a church, okay? And sometimes I think at fault, um, preachers will preach, we learn how to study, and we, we can almost get too, um, almost dig in too specifically looking at one little specific word and the tense and and we're exegeting it as the tip is the as the actual word that's used for doing that and we need to do that it's good to do that but sometimes I think we can totally miss the whole overall picture of what Paul is trying to write to the church at Ephesus or what this gospel are about or what this other book is about so my encouragement is is to get the bigger picture read it and when I'm preaching I like to read a number of verses so we're not just pulling out one, but then we'll sometimes zero in, and that's kind of what we're going to do tonight. But tonight, uh, because of time, I'm going to just go ahead and jump down to verse 18 in Ephesians chapter 1. You there? I Looks like 181. It's 18. I pray. <laughs> I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you what? Experience. Again, remember the word experience. I can't tell you how many times I heard from church, from the pulpit, that that Christianity is not supposed to be emotional, and it's not about your experiences, but it's about the truth, and it's about the word, and, and and it is, okay? It is about the truth. It is about the word, but there is an experience. I mean, how you can't, you can't be with God without experiencing something. You with me? I mean, you can't, it's impossible for us to experience God's love being poured out on us without you having some kind of experience in that. And Paul's praying over and over in Ephesians chapter 1 that you will experience this, okay? So it's okay to have an experience. You just don't let your experience dictate you truth. The Scripture dictates truth. Your experience goes along with the Scripture. You with me? Sometimes people have, I mean, that's where false religions come in. They have these ecstatic uh, visions and experiences, and then they want to you know, base truth on what their vision or experience. If it doesn't line up with Scripture, it's wrong. Say it one more time. If what you believe and what you're experiencing and what you're speaking doesn't line up with Scripture, it's wrong. I don't care how you look at it, it's just wrong. You, I don't care how modern you want to be. I don't care how in tune with the culture you want to be. If it's anti the Bible, it's wrong. Mark that down. Write it down. I'm telling you the truth. Paul's praying that you'll experience what? The full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds 
in us. God finds in us an inheritance, and it's, it's, it's pleasure that he gets. Then he says, I pray this, that you'll continually experience, everybody say experience. I pray that you will, what, continually, in other words, continually means more than once, to continually experience what? The immeasurable, <laughs> I love that. God, Paul said, God, I want you guys to experience this. What? The, the, you can't even measure the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through, are you all with me? Through faith. How's it come? Through faith. We're going to experience God's power how? Through faith. What will happen then? Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. If we experience Him, we experience His presence, we experience the power of God that's available through us, then something's going to happen in our lives. And according to this verse or translation, our lives will become what? An advertisement. <laughs> you with me? If we, you and I, us and if we're walking with God and experiencing the presence and power of God, Paul's saying, we then will become an advertisement of what? Of God, of His power. As it works through you, this, this is the mighty power. What, what's this power look like? He's going to tell us examples of this power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted Him. Again, he's telling us, here's, some, here's what the power of God looks like. He raised Christ from the dead. Not only did he raise him from the dead, but he exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he is exalted as first above every, you with me? Every ruler, every authority, every government, and realm of power in existence, Christ is where in comparison to all them? Above them. Is he above the U.S. Congress? <laughs> is he above the Senate? Is he above the President? Is he above any other world leader? Absolutely. Christ is exalted high and far above them and any other realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over Look at this says, over every name that is ever praised, not only when, in this age, but in the age that's coming. That, somebody ought to be saying amen. amen. I mean, that ought to just about excite you. <laughs> this, is, this is a display of the power of God that God raised Jesus from. He didn't leave him there to die, raised him up, not only raised him up from the dead, brought him back to life, Put him at his right hand, far above what? Every authority, every power, every name that is named. Jesus is where? Above them. And he alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now we... His church are His body on the earth, and that which fills Him who is being filled by it. That says a lot, and we're going to hit it. You ready? You ready to roll? 
We're going to, again, understand all that. We need what? We need faith. We need, starts with R. It's the last book of the Bible. We need, we need revelation. You're not going to get this on your own. It takes the Holy Spirit that lives in you to show you and speak to you what this word we just read means and what it says and how we apply that to life. And the good news is, look, at you all get to do that too. Hello? It's not just for some select few people that wear hats on their head. <laughs> It's not just for a few select people that are called to be pastors or apostles or prophets or teachers. It's not just for them. The, we are the body of Christ. We all get this. All of us. Usins. <laughs> we get this, but we need revelation. It takes the Holy Spirit to talk to us about this and speak this to us. In the last few weeks, we've looked at a couple of things. We looked at the hope of his calling. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at the riches of his inheritance. Tonight, I want to, I want to zoom in on this idea of the greatness of his power toward us that believe. I want to read verses 18 and 19 again to you out of a couple of different translations. ESV puts it this way. Having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. How are you going to know what the hope is to which he's called you? How are you going to get that? How are you going to know it? Revelation. Revelation. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. That's what he's going to pray for you, that you'll get this. You'll know what the hope is. And what are not only his hope, but what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And here's what we're going to zero in on. What is the immeasurable? What's immeasurable mean? You can't measure it. <laughs> that means what? It's so, it's so vast. It's so big that we, you, can't, you can't put a measurement to it. That's how great his power is. And what is his power toward? Toward us who believe. NIV puts it this way. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his inglorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. New Living Translation says it this way. I pray that your heart will be flooded, flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope that is given to those he called his holy people. Who, who's us? Who's his holy people? Us. Who are what? His rich and glorious Inheritance. I also pray this, that you will understand. You think Paul wants you to get this? You think this might be important to get, to understand? I pray that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. Amen. I also want to read this to you in another translation. There's a Bible translation. I encourage you to get it called the Mirror Bible. Another good translation to read through. I'm going to read verses 18 through 23 in this translation. Are you all okay with me reading the Bible? Okay. Just put up with it if you're not. <laughs> I pray that your thoughts will be flooded with light and inspired insight. How many want that? <laughs> Sign me up. 
If you, look at me. I've told you this before. I'm going to tell it to you again. If you don't have anything else to do during your day when you're just sitting around, pray this prayer for me. Okay? I pray your thoughts will be flooded with light and inspired insight that you will clearly picture his intent and identifying you in him. Why? So that you may know how precious you are to who? To him. <laughs> I'm telling you, it takes revelation to understand that you and I are precious. You getting that? I hope you get sick and tired of hearing me tell you that. You are precious to him. God loves you. He loves me like we are. <laughs> Amen? How precious you are. What God possesses in your redeemed innocence is his treasure and the glorious trophy of his inheritance. You Look what it says. You are God's portion. You are the what? Sum total of his assets and the measure of his wealth. That's, that's what he sees in us. I don't think you are getting that. <laughs> that's what he's, he's, when he looks at us, that's what he sees. We're his inheritance. He gets us. I, look, I was taught most of my life God didn't really like me. He gets us. He, we, we are his inheritance. I pray that, verse 19, you will be overwhelmed. Look at me. I'm praying this for you guys tonight, okay? I'm, right now, I'm praying that you will be overwhelmed with an understanding of the magnitude of his power in the finished work of Christ. Just receive that. I'm serious. Receive that. Receive that prayer. That you'll be overwhelmed. That, that, I want it to blow your mind. <laughs> Seriously. I, I, it needs to grasp us. That we'll understand. We'll, our understanding will we'll just we'll be overwhelmed. This is what results in the dynamic ear of faith. Verse 20. Do you want to measure the mind and the muscle of God? <laughs> Consider the force. Which he, listen to this, which he unleashed in Jesus when he raised him from the dead and forever seated him and thrown as his executive authority in the realm of heavens. Consider the force, consider the power. Jesus is God's right hand of power. He raised up, he was raised up from the deepest dungeons of human despair to the highest region of heavenly bliss. Infinitely. What's infinitely? It's immeasurable. It's unending. Infinitely. Where? Unmeasurably above what? All the combined forces of rule, authority, dominion, or governments. He is ranked superior to any name, any name, any name that could ever be given to anyone of this age or any age still to come in the eternal future. Do you get that? Jesus is where? The right hand throne of God, a little bit above all the other powers. <laughs> Far above. Far above. Not, not 
It's not, I mean, sometimes people, I think, get this impression that, that like Jesus and the devil are arm wrestling and, and one of them is going to hopefully win and we hope it's Jesus. Let's do it. Jesus can crush the devil in arm wrestling. <laughs> you with me? Not only, let me rephrase that. Not only can he, he already has. <laughs> Past tense, done. Crushed him, defeated him infinitely above all the combined forces. I mean, any force you can think of, any nation you can think of, any, all the nations together, any, any evil force you can think of, any demonic force you can think of, Jesus is where far above all of them. He's ranked superior to any name that could ever be given to anyone. Verse 22, I want you to see this. He subjected all these powers under his feet. He towers head and shoulders above everything. He is the head. Guess what? He's the head. Who's the body? The ecclesia, the church, is his body. This is important. Jesus is the head. We're the body. The completeness of his being that fills all in all resides in us. You with that? With me? We, look at me, this is important. We, the church, we, not just one of us, not just you by yourself, but we, the church, are his body. Guess what? That's why we need each other. That's why we get together. That's why we meet together. That's why we pray together. That's why are the body of Christ. The completeness of his building that fills all in all resides in us. God cannot make himself more visible <laughs> or exhibit himself more accurately than how? Through the church. Through the body. <laughs> I hope y'all got that. Paul is praying that we would know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power. Then he gives us he, he, say, he wants us to get revelation and know this power, and then he gives us some examples of this. And I'm going to go back and hit these real quick, and then we're going to be done. Don't anybody say amen. Number one, God raised Jesus from the grave and broke the power of his death. We're going to look at five different ways that the greatness of God's power is now toward those believe. God raised Jesus from the grave and broke, grave and broke the power of, the, of death. In verse 40, the power of God toward us is now like this great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. God raised Jesus from the dead never to die again. He raised him from the dead. That's an example of the, of the power of Jesus being raised to life. And not only has he raised him to life, but he raised us, us to life with him. We now have life in Christ. That's where the scripture in Corinthians says, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Look at me. Death, where is your victory? It has what? None. Death has what? Lost. <laughs> that means what? We don't have to fear it. You with me? In fact, as of anything, we ought to be looking forward to it. That kind of blows your mind. 
the death has lost its victory. Sting, the sting of death is sin. The power of sin is in the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Christ. So the power of God is demonstrated in the fact that God raised Jesus from the dead and he's raised us up with him and given us life and has given us life. Second way he's done this is through Jesus not only being raised up, but he is seated at the right hand of God. The right hand of God stands for what? Who knows? The power. <laughs> the right hand of God is the, is the seat of God that stands for his power. It says in verse 20 that God seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Ephesians says this, God raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ. In other words, we have the same resurrection power that Jesus has and has been raised from the dead and seated. You and I have that as well. We've been seated with Christ. Christ is where? Right hand throne of God. What's that mean? He's a little bit above? No, it means he's far above what? Every name that can be named. Think of a name. Sickness. Sickness. Poverty. Poverty. Any other names? How about cancer? How about, how about uh, injustices? How about murder? How about all the other evil things? Jesus has been raised and is seated in a place above all power, we have been raised and seated there with him, so we have what? Authority over those things in our life. That's an example of the power of God in our lives. I hope I'm not going too fast for you. God set Jesus over all demonic powers. We just talked about that. He's far. Everybody say far. He's far above all rule and authority and to power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the one to come. Colossians, Paul says this about, about Jesus, that God disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Christ. God put them to shame. He's a defeated foe. Number four, God made Jesus as head over all the church. He put all things, verse 22 says, he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over the church. In other words, the risen Christ Jesus is head over everything. Head implies authority, implies rule. In other words, he has the rule over all human beings, over all demons, all disease, over the kings, over presidents, over the weather, over the military. Jesus is above what? All of it. Every name that's named. He's the head. We are the body. Number five, and we're going to close with this. Where God rules, we will rule. Finally, verse 23, it says this. We believers are his body, the fullness of him who fills all. This is kind of a tongue twister, and it's hard to explain, but I'm going to try this. It's basically saying this. God's power toward us and tends to fill the universe with the authority of the crucified and risen Christ. In other words, it's this. He intends to make the church and put the church on display as those as in a, are the we are the ones that look at it. the rest of the world sees who do they see us we are the representation of Jesus we are his ambassadors we're the ones that the world is looking at to see who is Jesus guess who they're looking at us 
question is, are we giving them a good demonstration of what Jesus looks like? We, the church, are to be the expression of his power. He will fill creation with the fullness of his glory, and you will be that fullness. That's what he's saying here about the body of Christ. So we see that, that this power that's, that's demonstrated in Jesus has also been demonstrated in us. That I need, you, you got to get the fact that he's the head, we are the body. We are the ones that people see. We're, we're supposed to be doing, in other words, our, our mission as a church is to be doing Christ's mission. He's now where? In heaven, right hand throne of God, and in us, his body, and we're to be doing the mission of Christ. We're the ones that are supposed to be taking the kingdom of God and showing people this is what it looks like. You want to see Jesus? Look at us. You want to see the love of Christ? Watch how we do it. I hope we're doing a good job of that. I hope we're displaying that to the people around us. This is what Christ looks like. You want to know him? Watch me. In fact, didn't Paul say that? I'm talking about a statement. Paul tells these guys, watch me. I'll show you how to do it. I'm telling y'all, don't watch me. No. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine being able to have that, that type of relationship where you can just tell, I'll demonstrate to you what Christ looks like. That's what we've been called to do. That's the calling we have on our lives is to demonstrate to the people, to our neighbors, to the, our friends, to our family members, the people we work with. We're, we're to, it's, not, it's not so much what we say. They're, they're paying much more attention to how you live than what you say. Amen? We get the authority and the power to do that, to walk in Christ. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.